Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the game streams, website, and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 129 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on April 27th over on twitch.tv slash Focus Fire Chat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at the vendor failsafe. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those who are on the show for you guys tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 we also have with us the man who has been said has the voice of a flower, an individual who goes by many different names, Justin Sane 0516. Justin, what guys do you have on for us tonight? Yes, it's the guys of the amicable Dale Safe. Dale Safe. That's I don't know. I don't know anymore. I mean, I don't I mean, know who I am anymore. Do you do you just make left hand turns? Is that all that you? Yeah, that's all I do. That's... <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> NASCAR oh, reference. NASCAR <laughs> reference. We're just I was just in case. Say, can we can we this, go back to friggin' Disney jokes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, the, to be fair, Beard, he was a little loose in that turn, but yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> the wedge adjustment, get him right I, up. I there. think. All right, that's that's it. I think this. Uh, I think this podcast already needs to take a pit stop. I think I'm done with this. <laughs> I've missed you guys. (laughs) So next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only Green Eyed Music Lover. Green, hope you're doing well. How's the week treated you so far? It's good. It ended a little rough. I had a had a bout of sickness towards the end of the week, but I'm feeling pretty good now. That bout of sickness allowed me to dive into Ishtar Collective like I haven't have not done in a long time. So I'm not really complaining about yeah. being able to stay home. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it, it helps the, the recent update that got put out there, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a big shout out to Ishtar for that, for that update. Um, and the update that we're talking about is actually a list of updates on Ishtar. So we can, you can now kind of see historically what has been updated when, which is amazing and super useful. Um, but rounding out the usual team, we do have our grizzly bearded cultivator of spinfoil himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? Uh, not too bad, except for trying to multitask way too much, like always. 
Except this time it's worse because Bungie just had the release reveal stream. <laughs> so of course every week. What? Moment oh, they did. Either, when did when did yeah. that happen? <laughs> I was gonna say I'm like trying to figure out what update you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, they meant the Bungie one. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, Ishtar did something too. I'm like, oh, great, something else that I lost within my Twitter feed, comment section, and Discord. Lovely. This is great. Beard, I'm trying to help you. No, I get it. Having- I get it. I understand. Direct links are a wonderful thing, but otherwise, I'm doing fantastic because I I cannot believe the not not necessarily I don't want to say hype, but the excitement that is now right now kind of permeating into the community. Uh, Things have just felt better about Mm -hmm. those that are still interested with the game, and it is definitely noticeable with the. Uh, hard work and attention that they've kind of put into the reveal stream and otherwise uh it is it's definitely i i i am constantly waking up either from like the the couple like the naps that i'm taking or my or from sleep and my twitter is like 20 plus notifications mm-hmm. each and every time my discord is just full of like oh my god did you see this oh my god did you see that and it's just like oh my god guys i i am one person trying to like stack all this in my head but the excitement is just it's mm-hmm. wonderful to see for a change and i think the other thing too is like it's genuine i think is the kind yes. of for me is refreshing is it's not like and i don't i don't mean to downplay like i, I agree with you beard on the hype thing because i've never really liked the word hype like i get it i don't really say anything about it but it's like it always kind of feels like forced but this one kind of seems like it, it Plus this, plus the the feedback that we've heard from the summit, which you know, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit about that, but mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but you know, like I think the I think the genuine the genuine happiness is kind of on the uprise, which for mm-hmm. me is for me is really nice. If nothing else, it's having people kind of like uh, kind of like what I said with a recent video here. Just take a step back. Yep. Have some personal introspective. Think about what it is with your with what you're consuming, either in news or otherwise, and think about what it is that you want to either do, play, or look into. That is entirely on you. Wait, you mean, you mean you mean play a video game you. for fun? Yeah, I know who well, who does who does that anymore. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we've been and and I think no no go ahead, Green. Uh, we even had somebody mention that. Yeah, they took a step back for a little while, but the reveal stream and just seeing everybody excited on Twitter Mm -hmm. and seeing everybody make new videos. Like, there's been so many Destiny videos dropped in the last week, and it really had slowed down quite a bit. But most of them by Beard. Well, yeah, Beard (laughs) posted quite a few. I think Bive got one out, Mylan got one out. Yeah, those are the only two other ones. Most of them, yeah. Just check Justin, out Beards. They're the only Justin. ones. <laughs> Beard works hard for his money. Da, 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 da. So hard for his money. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I think you guys are glossing over the most important thing that came out of this whole deal. And it's not like the uplifting essence and, and the, the spirit of the community and all that. It's the unveiling of Anna Bay. She is adorably. Oh, my gosh. Oh my god! That's- did you guys? So Asian. yeah, did you did you see the one of the? I think I think it was the girl who actually was the concept artist for her, but yes. she was uh, she was she tweeted out and I I kind of 
retweeted it because I was like, this is really cool. But she was saying like she was really happy that they went with the direction that they went with because of the whole, um, I mean, it's kind of tapping into the minority thing, like mm-hmm. having having a main major character that is, you know, again, kind of and Bungie's always kind of done that with like, you know, the much more prevalent, strong female characters um, and all that. But like, it's just to, to me, that was really cool that, you know, the person who kind of helped concept her was actually that's it's kind of modeled after her as well. Mm-hmm. I actually have the tweet right here. I'll read it off here in a second. but. It's uh, it's kind of cool. But yeah, her name is uh, Lisa Wiley. Uh, for me, it was a big deal to get to help work on Warmind and Anna Bray, who is not only female, but Asian and looks like me because representation matters. Hashtag. Uh, she means a lot to me. Hashtag Destiny 2. I, I really like that. And like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I just, I really like how Bungie... That's another thing that really kind of helps me stick with Bungie through the little rough patches is that they do kind of turn around every now and then and they do something like that. And it's like, you know, it's not not something that's in your face or, you know, aggressive or anything by any means. But for those who are involved with the design, involved with that process, it it does mean a lot to those who are working hard to to make the game. So, Mm. right. But um, speaking of renewed interest in the game um last or well i guess this week green asked the question <laughs> that, oh <my> <laughs> that kind of blew up um so we asked the community what story aspect of the Warmind dlc are you most looking forward to and i, I mean admittedly this was fresh on the tail on on the the you know heels of the reveal stream so i i think we were kind of all kind of expecting a a little bit more interest in the answer but well, I'm going to turn it over to Green because, I mean, I think oh it kind of took its life of its own. I mean, Beard was talking about getting notifications like 20 plus every like 30, 40 minutes. The first two days that this dropped. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, it's insane. We had 719 votes and I had anywhere from. OK, direct threads from it. I had 15, which blew up beyond that because they turned into conversations and it's like oh my god guys i i'm at work and i'm just having twitter ping left and right i had to shut my phone off for a little while just because i was driving my coworkers crazy with all the uh twitter pinging that was happening but 719 votes and the, i you know i'm actually pretty pleased with the results because i am a little <laughs> biased um but 42% of the votes went to, they, they're excited for the Clopas Anna Bray story. Mm-hmm. 36%. I was one of those. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I am so excited to learn about Clovis Bray and Anna Bray and a little, a little bit more about Bray Tech. Uh, 42% went to, oh, wait, no, I already did that one. 36% went to Rasputin's story. 13% went to the Hive story, 10% went to the Darkness story, which I kind of threw Darkness on there as just kind of a continual type thing. There's no, there's nothing that I saw that really said that the Darkness story was going to continue in any way. But I was a little surprised that people were excited about seeing Zol mm-hmm. show up and Nocris, mm-hmm. but. 
it's the prospect of actually seeing Zol at some point would be really nice. Right. <laughs> what? Wait, but we actually get to see something? <laughs> maybe. Well, I don't know, but I'm just maybe. saying. <laughs> but the, Spoilers, it's actually just a little worm you put in a cage. He's in a, big, those, no. he's in a giant bottle of tequila. No, <laughs> it's one of those... It's one of those peanut jars that you open up. And <laughs> uh, just for Justin. I would, have to, I would have to put the controller down and just say Bravo, Bundy. Talk about <laughs> Bravo. This uh, game is a tour de force. Yeah, we had some interesting Tour de troll, responses. maybe. Yeah, all the trolls for Justin. Uh, <laughs> we had some interesting conversations that came out of it that I, I really liked. Um, p- both people that were excited for it, but also kind of upset about stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Wait, people are uh, upset on the internet. Oh God. Well, I mean, boy, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> if oh, you God. were stuck in a computer, you'd be upset too. <laughs> that is a very true <laughs> statement. Justin, those are the wisest words I've heard you say in a long time. It's amazing. Have you, have you ever have you ever watched this? Have you ever watched this movie series? It, it happens to be called Tron because mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty much right. He was have pretty you ever angry. Seen, have you ever seen Master Control? Like he, he seems pretty upset at the fact that he's like you know stuck in there. Beard, beard went yeah. the Tron route. I'm sitting here thinking Space Odyssey 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the fair. files that's are fair. in the computer. I'm yeah, just really. I'm just thinking uh, Johnny Mnemonic, but that's me. So y'all. <laughs> All right. Well, we've come to the consensus of is that there is far too many options for this to be looked at. Yes. I think we just need to have another like reference to the darkness card going on here. The oh, Justin God. position. The Justin says, position. <laughs> Instead of Pujari, it's yes. the position. The Justin position. Of course, uh, now that sounds like something that's X-rated. So no. yeah, I was going to say all of it. Never yeah. mind. Look, you brought it up. I did, and I'm mm. fine with it. Uh, so, like some of the people that were talking about <laughs> their excitement, <laughs> I'm going to gloss right back over that. And come back to this. Uh, I'm not giggling about yes. it. What are you talking about? <laughs> After replaying Arecibo Mission, I was hoping Warmind would be, in part, a fight between Charlemagne and Rasputin. I feel as if the story writers forgot that in Arecibo, Ghost says the AI that is interfacing with him, that he didn't feel it was Rasputin, and that he didn't like the new guy. A lot of people wanted to see Charlemagne. That's probably Uh, one of the biggest things that I've seen as far as disappointment. Well, but we well, still haven't yeah. had the release happen. I was about, I was about to say, I was like, let's. I think that's also a combination because I'm kind of in that camp as well. But I'm also holding, I'm holding back because exactly what you just said. We haven't seen it. Like all we mm-hmm. know is all we know is like what the minute and half of the video that we that we had with Anna Anna Bray in it. And, you know, I mean, the stream, sure, but the stream, honestly, I, I, I messaged, I think I was messaging Beard. It was like the stream honestly felt to me like it was more of like, look at all the PVP stuff we're going to do. And it's like, I'm, I really don't care. Well, like, I mean, it's, it was it was meant to be a a little bit more of like a teaser because mm-hmm. right, the right. more that is being received over either, at least from like what I've seen for like Twitter and whatnot, the vast majority that have been getting back to like DMG or Cosmo have all basically said, Hey, don't show us everything. Yes. And oh yeah. 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 No, has, no, that's I definitely totally been agree. like, uh, yeah. And, 
And I figured that's kind of like where they were going with it. We actually right. got more story drops out of that uh, reveal than I thought we were going to. That's fair. But it was still, it was still like really, it, it was still like at least to me a very, uh, except for their energy, because I could tell that those guys with the save of like Gibson were like tired as hell. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're in they're in the eleventh hour. Um, yep. The other thing, actually, going back to the uh, Arecibo thing, um, did any of you catch? The Easter egg that was in this yeah, the streamer the music box. The music box, yeah. So it I don't think. Twice. Yeah, I don't. I mean, and that kind of also is where I'm kind of coming at it with a little bit of a cool down on the oh, we're not going to see anything. Is because uh, there's the and I wouldn't. Uh, I I'm just waiting to see what we actually get. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make and doesn't that- make it sense to get mad about something that you don't have that should actually be a message that kind of gets carried into the rest of the community per right now, mm-hmm. because I'm already seeing a corner that is already saying, Oh, they're retconning this, that, the other thing. You don't know that for a fact, you don't have it in front of you yet. You don't necessarily have all of the facts that are behind it yet. So please, for the love of God, just because it is not in front of you and you cannot prove it, it does not mean it was retconned yet. Right. Thank and I mean, I mean, I beard, my beard, soapbox. you know, you know, to be fair, though, it's Bungie. So even when we do have it right in front of us, we can't tell them that it's actually for a fact. No. <laughs> which, th- which is what I love about it. Like, I, I love that aspect of it. The other thing is, are you referring to the Anna Bray second death contingency that's I... out there? Or which which side are you talking about? Because Deej specifically said he brought up the fact that we're going to find out how Anna Bray survived. Yeah, and and that is actually something that I'm, like, really anxious to find out, because mm-hmm. we have a couple people, like, we've got, we have Shax, and we have Lakshmi, Lakshmi. that, uh, we've got Lakshmi more than anything that really alludes to the fact that, like, she was, like, very highly considered as dead, and meanwhile, we have Shax, on the other hand, who keeps telling, uh, talking about, like, the stories of and the only one that it felt like he was wrong about was Ephrodite, but even we knew that that was a little bit misplaced. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, all the others that he's talked about in terms of, like, past stories were either Iron Lords he's worked with or other Guardians that he's fought alongside with that are no longer with us. Yeah. You know, those are the those are the only stories that he tends to tell, and he's usually really good about that stuff. It's not like Shax is a brute. He's extremely intelligent. So he's usually very on point with the stories that he tells. So yes, the Anna Bray part, I'm incredibly uh, curious on, which is like how she survived. But it's not even that. It's the uh, story of the Hive and how they're like stuffed under the ice and how apparently (laughs) that doesn't have an explanation. And I'm sitting here going, (laughs) do you want to see the three pages of outline that I have? that I have pulled from the lore and the science that some people are relying on that Mm -hmm. absolutely disfigures that thought because it exists. And Bungie has it written into the old stuff. And further to my point, stop saying that the grimoire is dead because pulling from those cards is where you're actually getting all this information from. Oh, yeah. I mean, I pulled from Ghost Fragment Titan today mm-hmm. just to say there's a precedent for us to be on Mars where Rasputin like Rasputin to be on Mars as a war mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have yeah, it in the old grimoire. We we have a war mind at the very least. We never really knew like who it was, what was going on with it until we ended up hitting that last array mission 
and then all holds were were off. Like that opens up the gateway to something completely different. So I am definitely at, I, I again, I know I feel like I'm on a soapbox here right now, but as as per the community, I'm finally able to put it into words. There's a subsect of the community that is throwing out information and saying that if it doesn't exist, that means it's not there. No, it means it's a piece of the mystery that isn't there yet. And like we saw with Curse of Osiris, there were things that needed to be placed into it. And we got those with stuff like Crimson Days and the other releases that happened Mm -hmm. during COO. Take your time, take a step back, and stop thinking that it is all right in front of your face because we haven't had that for the last four years of this game when it comes to this lore. Thank you. Good night. The other, I mean, yes, preach. Preach, Brother Beard. Um, <laughs> brother Beard! Brother Beard! <laughs> that's worse. That's worse. Brother Beard. <laughs> brother Beard. Yeah. <laughs> Green, what were you uh, going to say? I was just going to say, I know we're going to get into this a lot more next week, because I think that's what we're planning on doing as a pre-release yeah. episode. Yeah. Basically, the plan? blue blue effed up the schedule, and I'm Green still trying to figure out. Yeah, to yeah, and then yeah, life's what? life is really busy. Yes. <laughs> I'm just gonna let me use that as the defense for me. Um, you say your wife is really busy. No life, <laughs> life's tax season's <laughs> over. We're good. We're in the we're in the clear oh, right now. Okay. For a while. For yeah, for but a while. Yeah. Next week we're gonna do kind of a pre pre DLC lore breakdown of what we know so far and kind of remind people of information that we had before. Is that a fair? Yeah, statement? I think so. And I you'll hear this in the in the intro uh, recording. But like, so technically next week we were I was originally planning on doing a recap of the extra lore for God of War. Um, so if we want to continue, we'll, we'll have a conversation uh, offline, obviously, about what we're going to do, because I can see I see arguments for both sides of this thing. Um, but which actually, I guess that kind of brings me to my segue into that intro is what do we want to do for next week's question? Do we want to do another war mine thing? Do we want to ask about the God of War um, recap? Like what? Because I, I mean, again, I can see, I can see both sides of this this particular situation that I inadvertently created. Should we? I mean, if we're going to ask about the DLC, because people are still excited about it, should we ask about? Because I, if we're going to do God of War the week after, we can ask the God of War question that week. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to do the DLC, I can do a question of, like, what uh, types of stories should we go over kind of thing? Yeah, that's Which fair. Also, because there's a lot of background information that we need to. So I think I think into. unless I get crucified on Twitter this next week for saying this, I think we probably will put God of War to the side. And do a war mine prep next week. Does that sound fair to everyone? That's, 
I think that's fair, honestly. Okay, so if if anyone wants to yell at me about putting God of War, because I I mean I I agree it is an amazing game and it mm-hmm. technically it technically does need to have its recap. If you guys really want to recap, let me know either in Discord or Twitter. But if I don't get if I don't get chased off the the soapbox as Beard calls it, um, I think we'll do the Warmind thing. So. So in this next intro recording, fair warning, just ignore that bit. But okay, so that being said, that being said, Green, what would we say? Um, oh, Nerd and Needle showed up. Speaking of yeah. which, actually, you know what? Speaking of which, I'm going to throw my my question to Green aside for just a second. Big shout out to Nerd and Needle. Um, and if you don't know why, hopefully here soon you will. Um she is helping or well she is doing everything i'm i was just the one that kind of bugged her about it and she was gracious enough to let me bug her about it but she is hell uh going to be giving um putting together some patches and i'm i'm getting those and i'm going to be showing those off and if anyone has any interest in that please let me know um and if i can we'll try to see what we can do as far as getting those out to people um but they look amazing uh watching and and truly watching her her twitch stream her her channel is uh twitch.tv slash nerd and needle it's n-e-r-d-a-n-d-n-e-e-d-l-e um seriously go watch it it's like it's i i i I was telling green before show it's like Mm -hmm. the most hypnotic thing to watch and for a person like me who's slightly ocd it is one of the most relaxing things to watch because that machine that she has i think it's an enterprise i think is what it was um oh my it's like it's amazing i could watch that all day but yeah seriously big big shout out to her for for amazing work on that Mm -hmm. um She's but doing real, the patch for the logo for our show and also for the the lore network, together, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. the lore network. So the lore network, uh, we're doing that. Oh, right there. She said it's a ten needle embroidery machine enterprise. Um, so yeah, she's doing the lore network logo, the focus fire chat logo, and then our little tagline explore together. Um, and I will be probably as soon as I get those, um, I will definitely be showing those off. Um, but, but to come back, uh, green. So if we do a war mine prep show next week, what do you want to ask? I think I'm going to make it an op- slightly open ended question and well, okay. It, I should have thought of this before coming to the show since it's one of the things that I end up doing, but, uh, what back, What cards should we go over? Or what stories do we need to go over to refresh people on? What refresher do you want? Kind of thing in the episode. I'll I'll clean up the question. Okay, it'll, all right. Yeah, it'll be something can. along those lines if you're listening and Perfect. trying to find that question later on. Perfect. And we'll, as always, we always put those up on Twitter um, and in the Discord mm-hmm. as well. Okay. And so I, I know all of my friends to retweet it. <laughs> I know everyone here is looking forward to diving into uh, the discussion about failsafe. So let's run through our standard intro notes real quick and then we'll get right into it. In the last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed Benedict 9940. 
If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews in particular are extremely helpful as they help us show up on charts and that helps others find the FFC community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes or on our website. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the extra lore topic of April, God of War. Be sure to weigh in on the polls this weekend to let us know which topics you want to discuss after that. Links to those polls can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. I asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. Hello, it's me again, Lord Safe. Since our last interaction, major possible developments have sparked a renewed interest in Golden Age technology. Thus, queries involving Failsafe were bound to happen. Preliminary results are as followed. Vendor on Nexus. Split personalities. Failsafe activation when primary AI is partially functional. AI on colony ship Exodus Black. Anomaly of 26 additional mathematical constants creating navigational difficulty. Evil twins. Captain Jacobson. The Cade 6 unit. Failsafe deductions of Vex communication. Failsafe analysis of Traveler being possible creator, reference, father, of artificial intelligence. Unauthorized program injection detected. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about Failsafe, however, let's take a look at this week's Lost Lore. All right, so I was thinking, and this is just me thinking out loud, that since we're talking about failsafe, a good place to kind of start would be maybe talking about that little pesky centaur planet that she crashed into Um, and kind of, you know, going off of the norm here and maybe not diving necessarily into something from within game, but actually looking at what exactly 7066 Nessus is. I know we've kind of danced around that that topic um, a little bit before, but I wanted to just really quick, and I mean, I guess I'll 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 ask if the others on the show are okay with that idea, or if they had something else to to jump into. I mean, I think that's as good a place as any, especially if we're going to dive into impact velocity. Right. Well, yeah, that's kind of yeah. That that was actually because the orbit is a big thing with with Nessus. Yeah, you really can't 
talk about Failsafe without, you know, talking about the planet that she happens to be on, or in this case, not planet. <laughs> yeah, not. It's so weird. Like, Ness, like, the more you look at Nessus, the more it's like, what what in God's name is this thing? Like, it's such Nessus a weird Nessus looks more advanced than <laughs> Venus. I'm just saying it's that. hilarious. It's <laughs> hilarious how it looks. So, real quick, 7066 Nessus is actually, that is actually its name. Uh, it is a centaur, which is basically a icy minor planetoid. And it was discovered back in 1993 by an individual who, uh, by the name of David L. Rabinowitz, uh, with a working with Spacewatch, which is basically something that was being taken or was undertaken um, on Kitt Peak, uh, which is a natural national observatory. Um, and it was actually the second centaur that he found. Five one four five Folus was his original or his his first find, and then this Nessus is actually the third centaur discovery that we had uh, mm-hmm. prior to Nessus. I believe it was twenty sixty Chiron uh, in nineteen seventy seven was actually the first, and then I believe the five zero one four five Folus was also a centaur. Um, or yeah, yeah, sorry. Cause it was a second one. Um, so Nessus was, it. yeah, I was like, I just said that this is what <laughs> happens when I, when I talk just randomly, um, Nessus <laughs> was officially announced actually on May 13th of 1993. Uh, and it, yeah, there's a designation that I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but the big thing about Nessus and the, one of the reasons that centaurs in general are kind of wonky is the orbital periods. Um, there's, there's this really weird eccentric orbit that most centaurs take. And Nessus in particular has an orbital period of 122.4 years. Um, and then like, it's got an, uh, I think it's called an X ex- eccentricity of 0.52 and an inclination to the ecliptic of 15.6 degrees, which if you're into, um, astronomy, uh, which is not astrology, astronomy, uh, that makes more <laughs> sense to me or yeah. So anyways, um, so basically at its perihelion, it actually is closer to the sun than Uranus. And while it is in an eight, what's called aphelion, it's actually well out beyond Neptune. So basically what, what is going on is during these orbits, the centaurs, the it's believed that the centaurs are the, they have these wonky orbits, mostly because of these giant planets that it goes by, uh, you know, Jupiter, Venus, all the, all these big planets. Um, and Nessus in particular is what's called an SE object because at current moment in real in, in our world, Nessus is really controlled by Saturn. Um, mm-hmm. And that, and so the Saturn, so SE object stands for Saturn, and then what's called the Edgeworth Cuper Belt. Cuper Belt? I don't know. Kuiper. Uh, Kuiper. Is it Kuiper? Kuiper Why is there a U in Kuiper? Yeah. This is it, like the weirdest. It's, if I remember right, it's a Russian name. So oh, okay, that explains yeah. it. They, that, that gets that gets a, that gets a hard pass. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it, I mean. The the interesting thing about um, Nessus is though that in in looking at the orbit, uh, what astronomers will do is they'll they'll do what's called cloning of the orbit, which is basically it design it's a uh, it's a projection of what's going to happen. Um, and in fifty clones of the orbit of Nessus, it's suggested that it's not going to pass within one AU of a planet for at least the next twenty thousand years. Right. So 
so yeah um and also big shout out because De- nestus is called out as being an in-game location within the 2017 video game destiny 2 on most sites mm-hmm. it's a it's a really kind of funny thing uh and I'll, I'll just go ahead and read the rest of the little thing that I'm, I'm looking at wikipedia for instance on this one it says nessus as portrayed in the game is more similar to a planet than a small rocky icy body and it has a substantial atmosphere and complex alien life these differences are attributed to terraforming by an extraterrestrial race called quote the vex end quote <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm like, I'm like, I get kind of giddy when I find like in random sites, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, Destiny portrays this in this way. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I play that game. I talk about that game. <laughs> I have no I have no actual connection to that game, but I talk about it a lot. So, yeah, but yeah, so that's that's Nessus. And I'm sure Beard has a lot more science facts that he could drudge mm-hmm. up. Mm hmm. Especially when it starts coming down to the numbers, um, a lot of people are actually confused with like what the like twenty sixty six actually stands for, uh, and it actually comes down to the amount of objects that we're tracking within the solar system. Uh, we actually give uh, notation, and that is how we just do it. We just do it in an ascending column of numbers. Uh, but Nessus is number two thousand and sixty six within that realm. Seven thousand. Uh, Seven thousand sixty six. Two thousand. Yeah. I don't know why. why I it's okay. Wait, I, uh, I completely. I don't know why I keep doing just, that. Just just for just to make you just to make you feel better. I totally miss miss uh, spoke today at work and gave everyone some poor soul's cell phone number instead of my conference line. So <laughs> whoever nice. has that number that I accidentally spam called you with about <laughs> thirty people. I'm sorry, but not really. Yeah, we we can forgive this eccentricity. Nice, get it? Okay, nice. Okay. Did you did you did you get it, Beard? Yeah, yeah. Did I you get it, it, Brother Beard? I get it. I got it. Moving I got on. It. Moving on. I got it, Justin. I got it. All right. <laughs> oh my God, he's loose. So. <laughs> There's so much blood. <sighs> oh, just head dust. Now, the biggest thing that I should also mention about this is that there are a few other big uh, centaurs that have actually been any and centaurs can also be classified within as like dwarf planets in a way. Uh, Pluto can be argued left and right, however you really feel like it. It has been declassified as a planet. Still, you know, JPL and NASA are looking at you going, no, they're not. Uh, That being said, if you look at something like uh, if you look at a, a couple others, Maki Maki is another big one that's talked about off and on. Uh, but another large one is called uh, it's called Eris. So this isn't the first time that Bungie has actually looked back into like the naming schemes of uh, anything like a a dwarf planet or centaur or something like it. Uh, these are significant rocks that actually have like some kind of shape to them that is more spherical. Uh, instead of a typical, say, asteroid or something like that that has no real shape to it, they're just rocks out in space, and that's about all they are. Uh, another one that is also referenced, and now the crud, now the name escapes me. That I, now that I wanted to bring it up, um, uh, Ceres. There it is. That's one of the largest objects that you can kind of think about uh, between, say. Uh, Jupiter, 
uh, Jupiter and Mars, just because of uh, the way that it is also held in place by Jupiter. Uh, and that's just to show that centaurs, uh, dwarf planets, so on, have extremely uh, volatile systems thanks to these larger planets that we happen to have in our outer uh, solar system. Uh, it's not something that we're able to easily observe in other systems, unfortunately, uh, even with like Alpha uh, or Alpha, Beta, Proxima, Centauri. Uh, we are not able to check those systems to see if they also have the same kind of like amount of space rocks or anything like that yet. I know New Horizons just got launched and it's already returning a lot of awesome imagery, but we'll have to see on that one. Um, but those are the couple big things uh, just to point out that are at least more in reference to like JPL and NASA. Uh, another big thing of note is being that this is also so far out and, you know, isn't getting a lot of sunlight or anything. Uh, Nessus doesn't look like that today, if I needed <laughs> to point that out. Nessus is basically just a big, unremarkable ball of probably metals, ice, or anything else that might be out there uh, that it was able to collect in terms of our forming of the solar system. Uh, there is no atmosphere on that planet. There is nothing that would suggest that it has any kind of plant life. There's no uh, there. There is no Vex, sadly. What? I would kind of hope for that at this point. Anyway, that's me being cynical. Um, but that's, <laughs> but that is, uh, that's kind of an overview when you start talking about these, these planetoids that are out that far. Uh, they, they have a spherical shape to them. They have no atmosphere. They have it where they're able to support a shape of a sphere, but that's about as far as it goes. Uh, but those are just a couple extra features for you. If you're, you're curious about like what else is going on with it, there's, a lot of them, but there's only a few that we really have that are physically named. Otherwise, you end up getting something like, you know, Kepler-186F or something like that, where we don't actually have a straight name for the planet. We just name the star. I mean, anything that is generally not within reach of our planet, we we designate using yep. different codes. It's very, 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 very common practice. Uh, KOI is a very common practice because it's Kepler object of interest. Mm -hmm. And then they assign it a number. Yeah, which uh, food for thought for anybody that starts looking at like something like impact velocity. Uh, Kepler 186F is actually referenced in a couple meetings, uh, one with its KOI number, one with its Kepler number, mm -hmm. uh, or it's mm -hmm. uh, the actual Kepler that's listed. Uh, but that being said, what's that? Kepler 186F. Yep. Yeah, that's the planet that we're going for. That's the one that we're theorizing, at least in the last couple of years here, that has the possibility to support habitable life. It's in that that habitable zone right uh, right across from where you you would kind of expect it to sit with uh, distance from a sun of that size. So it's approximately the same shape and size of Earth, and it's in that yep. same distance, that sweet zone from its sun or its mm -hmm. star. Which is a red dwarf, also. Contrary to what we see with like the new Lost in Space, where they're going mm, to like mm -hmm. Alpha Centauri mm -hmm. and everything, and I'm like, that sounds like a terrible idea. I don't know what you guys are thinking with that. <laughs> uh, we they say that they said it was a terrible idea too because there's no single Scott Mulch or sing, single <laughs> Malt Scotch. If I if I remember the yeah. the the smuggler's frustration. 
That's uh, that's fair. So then he could he could did think we... to learn how to do it and then make <laughs> it. But you know, did we touch on the the actual etymology of of the word Nessus? Uh, oh, if you want to go back yeah. to like uh, Greek and everything, yep. I think that's it's uh, actually I a famous they... centaur. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's a he's a bit of a yeah a hole. <laughs> That's a yeah. nice way of putting it. Yeah, I, I was going to say something else, but, you know, the whole let's keep it clean thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We, we actually have touched base on him a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we we had kind of talked about the base story behind him. Uh, the long story short on there is it was um, it was uh, the, the tale of Heracles, correct? Yep, he um, is the killer of Heracles in yep. a, in a roundabout was, way. In, in a really roundabout way, because by all technicalities, after he was killed by Heracles, his wife, uh, Heracles' <laughs> wife, had sucks. actually taken the blood of the centaur and then put it onto a a new robe. Uh, onto Heracles' robes and everything. Mm-hmm. But the the poison within centaur blood did not affect him until he went out into the sun. Uh, so he basically burned Heracles from skin down with this poisonous blood. It was, it was not a pretty way to go. And it was and all I can't because it. it was all because his wife was convinced that he was cheating. Yeah. yeah. And I can't pronounce his wife's name, but I want to say diarrhea, but that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> not oh, it. It's, it's well close. <laughs> If I ever need a humorous uh, take on what history has been all about, I know to just go back to Justin and be like, can you pronounce his name for me, you know, please? We don't need drunk history. We just need Justin history. Yeah. We just need Justin history. I could take that sober enough. That's fine. That's <laughs> uh, um, Is this the one that, that, that Hercules uppercutted and then all the horseshoes followed him no, out of the water? Oh, God freaking the most annoying disney reference ever i thought it was hilarious oh <laughs> i'm stuck on the di- diarrhea diarrhea oh say that name say I mean, that name i mean so, uh, if you're if you're really stuck on it you might want to see a doctor about that oh <laughs> i'm sure there's some laxative that can help with it hey yo <laughs> Oh god. Anyways <laughs> Who is Failsafe? Uh, yeah. Failsafe Failsafe is basically the vendor on Nessus and is also the what is assumed to be the backup AI of Exodus Black. The reason I say assumed to be, well we'll we'll get into that a little bit here in a minute. Um and like I said, where you encounter encounter Failsafe is on Nessus um and when uh, pretty much, Failsafe is believed to exist prior to the collapse to current day in Destiny, obviously. Um, and then why? Uh, why is ne- why is Failsafe even in the game uh, is actually kind of the segue that I was kind of going for is there's a possibility that there was some tampering going on, um, which kind of comes into or kind of points us to the impact velocity card. So and I know uh, Green had mentioned this in our chat Green, do you want to do you want to read that, or do you want someone else to read uh, it? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of it's an interesting card to read, just because it is a broken up card. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Mayday card with the what is it Exodus Blue, 
that crashes on Earth in that card? Uh, Exodus, also- Exodus Blue does not. Exodus Blue didn't get off Earth. Uh, right, I think it was, but there's one that. Yeah, I know. It was one of the Exodus projects. Because Blue was the one that we have the Crucible Arena in. Yeah, the map for. Anyway, it's a it's one of those where there's interruptions and stuff like that, so it's a difficult difficult card to read aloud. Well, thankfully, we have those uh, lines that are broken up explained mm-hmm. to us uh, through a lot of the uh, the actual gear that you can pick up from Nessus. Yes, that's uh, the the flavor text of the equipment. So we can at least interject those, I think, from the conversation as we read the okay. It's actually easy to trace. Let me... Do you want me to read the... Well, okay, I'll just go ahead and start reading it a little bit, and then we can interject things as we go if we need to. Captain, this conveyance top speed is a fraction of Exodus Blacks when it crashed on into Nessus. Try not to find out for yourself. Failsafe. Failsafe navigational AI recovery protocol. Exodus Black, quarantine unrecoverable, C fit. Exodus Black, CVDR, online, 32% integrity. Destination, KOI, 571.05. Distance, 151, uh, was it parcels? Uh, parsecs. Parsecs. There we go. Parsecs. Parsecs. 492 light years. 161 parsecs. 552 light years. 141 parsecs. ETA. Expletive almost, essentially. Uh, now, the next relation is from SAM, uh, capital B L A. This actually comes from the Exodus uh, Down Gauntlets. It reads, Captain, the orbit of 7066 uh, Nessus is different from what Cosmodrome calculated. Uh, Flight Officer Samantha Blaze. Exception caught in navigational computation algorithm attempting mitigation. Mitigation failed. Quadratic irrationality introduced. Incompromeasurable. Wow, that's a weird word. Retrying. Incommensurable. God. Incommensurable. It's a rough one. Incommensurable. Incommensurable. There it is. The next uh, quote actually comes from, uh, I'm going to probably butcher it, but Masoud Jacobson. It's actually Captain Jacobson. Uh, But that comes from the chess piece for the gear, which reads, adjust course two degrees. It's a long way to Kepler-186, folks. We don't have time to tour Nessus. Command suggestion not sufficient. Overriding to 8.5 degrees. Overriding to 8.7 degrees. There's an echo. I gotta say, this actually is from Failsafe herself. Uh, When you get an echo readback, it's actually a playback of, uh, at at least in popular sci-fi, from from my knowledge, it's always a readback of like a computer reporting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's why it's a, a echo playback, because it then has to uh, convert from what it's calculating as and then get it back over to us in a readable or understandable form. So that's what echo will mean as you read this card. Echo, my apologies, Captain Jacobson. My formulas to calculate our trajectory have encountered 26 new mathematical constants. I'm attempting to compensate. 
on-off program inject- injection detected. Quadrimin- quadrimensional. Uh, quadrimensional. Quadrimensional structure. Yeah. Compromise. Before. Attempting mitigation. <laughs> And this one is from the chief engineer, uh, Kauru uh, uh, Zoykova, and it reads from the boots, uh, we might be stopping at Nessus after all. We just lost the starboard engine. Echo. I'm sorry, but I'm unable to keep pace with what's happening to my computational capabilities. The Exodus Black is now in an unrecoverable descent. Please make whatever preparations are appropriate. Whole loss imminent. Impact imminent. Echo, I'm sorry. And then it just dies. Yep. <sighs> 26 new mathematical constants. That's the line that gets me like, holy moly. What wow. in the world got thrown into her? Well, because remember, this was when the Vex started throwing six dimension into it. Well, I'm going to say that's actually what I was uh, going to recommend that we do is because it's, it's a constantly non-referenced piece mm-hmm. is to read over the Exodus down. Uh, oh yes. Uh, yes. Class tab. So if you don't mind, I'm going to read that right now. Yes. This, uh, this guardian armor was repurposed from Exodus black crew flight suits. Captain's logbook. Ship, if we ever figure out the date, would you backfile it here? Thanks. We're stranded on an outbound centaur. With every word I speak, we fall further from our sun. 76-6 Nessus uh, shouldn't be here, but there was no way to anticipate the way it pulled us in. Ship's guess is that our orbital momentum, what we call a four-vector for the dimensions of space and time, was somehow folded away into six extra dimensions, leaving us on a crash orbit towards Nessus. We have lost all sense of time. Past and future are like up and down, and we would walk them if we could, but uh, back to a place before Nessus. But we will always be on Nessus, too. I don't know. I don't know. They're trying to understand us. They must think like rivers. We are now receiving our own distress calls. I sound calmer than I feel. And again, this is an often not uh, reported line only because of, uh, or at least thought about line because of a couple features that we kind of see with Nessus. It does feel like there are things that are out of uh, Failsafe's hands ahead of time before she actually finds out the uh, unauthorized program injection is in front of her. Additionally, what we have to look back to is the distance uh, parameters and how they are fluctuating Mm -hmm. uh, to actually get back to the uh, place that she is. So a lot of this doesn't necessarily seem like it is Failsafe's fault, even with attempting to compensate with everything that is going on. Additionally, when I start reading up on uh, how how it might sound like it's minor differences and how degrees would work or anything like that with uh, movement, Jacobson says adjust course two degrees. Meanwhile, failsafe finds out that it's like eight point five to eight point seven. Remember that, uh, especially in terms of this crash, that the a colony ship is massive. 
-hmm. These things aren't tiny. And making that even bit of an adjustment off course while you have something pulling you down in a gravitational hold of some silly kind that has been adjusted into 10 vector points. Yeah, you're going to lose your starboard engine. It's all because if of not sheer more. force. Yeah, if not more. It it really does come down to sheer uh, to sheer force, which uh, I, I don't mean as sheer force. I mean as sheer force. Gravity will actually go ahead and at that point pull down what it can grab of the ship. And if the if an engine doesn't have the capability in order to break hold from say orbital peak or anything else, that is going to cause uh, catastrophic havoc for any kind of. Uh, hull or structure that you have that is put together uh, on a ship. And long story short, that's pretty well what happened here. Yeah, there's there's the, the further line, of course, that there is some uh, computational issues that failsafe's running into, but there's also the fact that they can actually go back and track the uh, that they were experiencing this weird uh, sense of time and still do while they're on Nessus. So two things kind of fall into place on this one, at least for me. By having the timescales be all over the place, you cannot accurately track how long it's actually been that Failsafe has been on Nessus. Uh, She accurately quotes uh, like a uh, 500-year time period. Not so much. Probably not. Not when we start having a distance and light year factor that changes like that pretty quickly. Uh, And additionally, when even Captain Jacobson and the crew feel that time is altering to a pretty large degree. Uh, But again, it just comes down to Nessa's being in the uh, wrong place at the wrong time. Granted, was that influenced by the Vex? Probably in some way. Uh, But it could not be thought of. It could not be compensated or calculated in for any possible algorithm. And long story short... It led to, uh, as we see the the crash site too on Nessus. It just led to the entire Exodus Black being ripped apart from stem to stern. What's interesting is one of her voice lines talks about how she's witnessed the conversion of Nessus, right, and how all life was wiped out uh, beforehand, which suggests that there was something even on it uh, before uh, they were on Nessus which is also interesting, and I would love to know what actual life they found down there. Mm -hmm. Justin, do you have something? Uh, Yeah, I had had kind of a uh, breakdown of some of the abbreviations that we see in this card, and they're they're actually, most of them are aviation um, abbreviations that that are actually real. Um, So if you you read the first part, you see X-Black, or XBLK, it was just Exis Black. That's the the flight designation or the the vessel designation. Mm-hmm. Um, QAR unrecoverable. Um, QAR. It's from the best I can tell is is referencing the quick access recorder, right. um, which is like the flight data recorder, like the the black box that we're familiar with. It it records all kinds of different data that uh like uh telemetry and you know wind speed and and altitude and all these other things uh 
And then after that, in parentheses with exclamation exclamation points is the acronym CFIT, CFIT. And best I can tell, that is code for controlled flight into terrain. So, so what you should get from that is um, the quick access recorder, flight data recorder, is unrecoverable. And they're engaged in a controlled flight into terrain, um, i.e. crashing in a very controlled manner. Um, the next the next line down, Exodus Black, CVDR online, 32% integrity. CVDR is an acronym that stands for uh, Cockpit Voice and Data Recorder. So that that's recording the, the cockpit environment. And the mm-hmm. fact that it's 32% integrity tells us, well, it accounts for the crappy transcript that it's we have of it. Out. Right. Um, and then we go down, uh, destination KOI-571.05. That's actually a Kepler um, object of interest designation for an exoplanet orbiting a red dwarf, Kepler-186. And it's about 560 light years from Earth. So we know where they're going. Um, and uh, then it all kind of goes a bit pear-shaped from there. I thought that was kind of, um, you know, interesting just to break down all the, all of the, uh, and of course there's, there's a bunch in the distance. I haven't figured out yet. The PC and the LY parsecs and the what's L light years. Okay. Light years. Yeah. But how does that, it it almost reads like coordinates. Well, it's, I think it's a continuation. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's recording, she's trying to figure out the time of arrival, the ETA. And so okay. she's got 151 parsecs, also translated into four, uh, 492 light years. And then it shifts to 161 parsecs. It's getting farther away. <laughs> well, and, that's, and it gets closer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, then it goes to the 141. That's where I'm. I'm kind of wondering how much that flux has been a big issue as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, going back to like the the ten vectors or so, like things are seemingly moving back and forth through it all. And I'm wondering if they aren't already caught in some kind of like ridiculous time phasing or something like that that the the vex have been somewhat known for. Um, but that being said, yeah, I. I, I there, there's two theories that have gone with this, and I, I kind of like mine a little bit more because it means that it, it follows along. Of course, I like mine a little bit more. Um, it, it follows along with the idea that they didn't and weren't able to calculate that Nessus was there uh, in the first place, and that's that the Vex actually had a hand in moving it around. We also know from the uh, Cade Grimoire card from D1 that it was actually delayed in terms of its uh, arrival back into the system. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a couple pieces that are really not quite right about Nessus, and it would all end up coming back to a time and orbital distance uh, factor. So for me, that's why I think the, the distance labeling is moving. The secondary one comes down to the other one that says unauthorized program injection detected. And it could just be the failsafe is like absolutely like losing her mind with some kind of uh, bug or virus that has been injected into her. We just don't necessarily know when that was done. Was that done while they were on Earth? Was there a, another piece of sabotage that happened? 
I doubt that Rasputin would be to blame for that because he seemingly wanted to get us off of here and he has no reason to necessarily maroon uh, anybody like the Exodus Black or otherwise on a centaur planet that he had no other way to kind of figure out what was going on with it. Uh, and even if you start thinking in that realm, then you start getting into other conspiracy theories like Exodus Black is to uh, be blamed for the Vex or otherwise. Well, you know, that, that goes, into, goes into a pretty big realm of spinfoil, I mean, which I'm not. Hmm? She, she has a few voice lines where she talks about different nodes that are corrupted. Right. And so whether or not it's a corruption caused by the Vex and whatever if the Vex were starting to terraform that area or were moving, were riding Nessus around like a bull rider, I don't know what they're doing with it. But um, if that's a fun image in my head, though. <laughs> if, if they were starting the terraforming process or starting the conversion process at the time, there would be a massive amount of energy used, which theoretically could throw off navigational systems that does right. not necessarily say that it's going to do the 26 uh, new mathematical constants or anything like that with the trifolding or the quad folding and everything that happened but if she was she could theoretically have it corrupted if the new programming was trying to account for things that she has never seen before right yeah and there's and also that's... mention of siva but Mm. Siva's locked away. Siva can't be accessed at this point. So we know. Yes. From what she says, she yes, cannot access. She doesn't have the codes for it. They got the McAfee on. <laughs> oh, God. No, no. Nah, really Justin, Justin, she said that she can't access it. That's not Mac, Mac, McAfee. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <sighs> Give me forty eight hours, I'll have that cracked. Yeah, I know. McAfee would would be McAfee would be McAfee would be oh I have total access to it. What what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Something really strong then like Windows Defender. <laughs> <laughs> My Windows firewall. Yeah, really? All uh, I can say thing- all I can say is that Failsafe makes a terrible Kessel run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Millennium Falcon joke, which actually is a mm-hmm. Disney reference now. Yay! Yay! That's two in one show so far. Yay! <laughs> Only other thing uh, before we skim too far past them, uh, I was actually looking up the uh, the extension file names as well, mm-hmm. uh, and I wrote down the one on the QAR. It is actually a uh, I I know it absolutely falls back to what Justin was kind of talking about, but I find it funny how that all that, that data is kind of uh, played back towards what we have in real life, but it's uh, used for the uh, Kulik viewer uh, program folder files, uh, business intelligence reporting, uh, archival use mostly uh, contains a zip file with the following files and extensions. It has an XML for uh, uh, definition files uh, a JavaScript file, uh, a PNG for an icon image or otherwise, uh, a QVPP f- uh, for properties f- uh, files, and then an optional uh, data source file, mostly with HTML. So that's what we have, at least for the uh, for the real life reference. Which 
it kind of plays back towards what the the QAR would be from what, uh, like I said, what Justin was talking about with um, with failsafes referencing with the QAR. Uh, it would just be a visual representation that we're kind of getting back from that information then as well. Also, what I got from the the whole thing was that they lost the star boar, which is like obviously some mythical creature. <laughs> <laughs> See, Justin, but, I got I got that that explains why Kate is on Nessus. Is he still looking for yes, the, the traveler for googly the star eyes? Boar. No, he's looking for the googly eye traveler wallpaper. Oh, the, are you are you sure? Are you sure it's that and that he's not looking <laughs> or, for more or, horse people or the horse people or the or the pictures? actually boar people? Praises <laughs> oh. be to the Googler <laughs> through whom all things are possible. Do we oh, have God. any evidence of why Cade was actually there besides to get the Vex tech? He knew a reason that the Vex were there, well, which is the the he, other questionable piece. I think, but but. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. He wasn't heading to Nessus, right? Wasn't he, though? No, that's I'd not what I get from yeah, that. I'd have to go back and yeah. look. Well, look at look at the destination. There's a destination plugged in, and it's not Nessus. It's a it's a Kepler identifier for. Oh another... no, yeah, but that's no, but that's that's Kate, uh, that's for Nexus. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. All right, so Kate. Yeah, 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 that that makes sense. That makes Cade, sense. Cade, Cade lost his, went after Exodus yeah. Black, not after okay. Cade. Cade lost his cotton socks, and so, uh, so actually, my my question is, why was Exodus Black heading to this weird? Um, <laughs> they were going to colonize. Yeah, it's in it's Maybe. like in a habitable zone, so it actually yeah. could theoretically support human life. Goldilocks. Okay. Yeah, a Goldilocks planet. Pretty much. But Until you go up in your weather balloon and realize it's going to kill you. <laughs> oh, God, it's a black Please. hole. Please don't get me started with that. <laughs> it's a Hawking's. What was it? The Hawking's radiation. Hawking's uh, radiation. And then she's about to curse and it cuts. I, I know. That was, like, the, All right, that, oh, was, that was kind of clever. That, that was, was amazing. So anyway, yeah, sorry. Good. Sorry. Sorry. We're, we're referencing Lost in Space on Netflix and we're totally <laughs> spoiling it for everybody now at this point. Oh, oh Danger, so cool. Beard Robinson. <laughs> wow. That was pretty good. That's a good one. I'll give you that. I, I got a laugh out of Beard. <laughs> Justin's done. Justin's done. He's like, "Good night. See you later." <laughs> I'm gonna leave on a high note before I get screamed at. <laughs> so, failsafe, as we know her, did she show up in this moment? I think that's that's really velocity? yeah. I think that's kind of the thing is like, and I I know a lot of people debate this about failsafe is like, wh- what exactly is failsafe? I mean, is she literally the failsafe AI? You know, the the AI that comes in if the 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 main AI gets because the thing is, is like you know, this is like your your what is it thirty two percent integrity? I mean, wh- we don't know exactly how much the the primary AI requires to operate. That would see that's the the hub the. What is it called? The CVDR? Mm-hmm. The main area 
the Star Trek landing area where Captain Kirk sits. There the we bridge? go. Thank you. The bridge. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, let me. But but I, isn't it possible that that they just named failsafe failsafe? I was right. Say that actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's that, but then there's so again in impact velocity we see the failsafe navigational AI recovery protocol. So she's trying to recover the AI. But the no no, but that could be the recovery protocol for the AI named failsafe. Could it not? The well, problem is, is that the other AI that we know about. Oh oh had, well, then it, they yeah. had actual names. They weren't so blunt in that they're called the failsafe or anything like that. Well, yeah, it goes back to the Russian uh, grimoire cards, actually, because that's just mm-hmm. the AI of Exodus, uh, Exodus Red or Exodus Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, mm-hmm. at least to my knowledge, have no necessary uh, names that are given to them, because even in the uh, quest dealing with uh, failsafe, if memory serves, the crewman that is talking about unhinging or releasing or allowing uh, the AI to go full bonkers uh, basically just says we've un, uh, unhinged the uh, failsafe AI on board of Exodus Black. And it, it could be either that or it's the we've unhinged the Exodus Black's AI uh, for failsafe measures. And I, I know it's one of those two manners. One, of course, crew. means yeah. One, one of those means two different things, of course. But that's the. I know we've got transcripts that we can refer to. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm but, looking at it. I'll see if I can mm-hmm. find it. But Either that way, I know is is at least spoken of with uh, with a naming schema in yeah. a way. It, either way, she didn't know the difference between Captain Jacobson and a harpy. So. I mean, well, here's the problem, though, <laughs> is that the Vex were studying them and trying to simulate them. Mm-hmm. So as far as failsafe is concerned, if failsafe doesn't necessarily see us as what you would imagine, if the if it's just digital patterns that she's picking up on, it could theoretically throw her off. Yeah. She's a little broken, though. She is very broken. She, I'm going to say both uh, physic, physically and mentally. Uh, something actually that I do want to point out on impact velocity all the same. Even goodness, even before she is uh, unhinged and allowed to do her own thing, she still says, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Do you just think that that's an apology for being ill-equipped to deal with the number of variables being thrown at her. It could be that it could just be the typical protocol of like Siri going, I'm sorry. I don't know how to do that because I'm Siri. Uh, You, you just don't necessarily know. Well, which, which what I just described is exactly why Siri is apologizing. Right. She's apologizing because she's ill-equipped to give you an answer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and she's defaulting to a polite um, resolution that's mm-hmm. not the answer you need. <laughs> I'm going to say I think it would come down to what else she ends up saying in that uh, last line. If it is just, I'm sorry, 
or if there is something further to it like, before the, I failed the cutout. you. Yeah, like something of that nature. Because I think that would uh, that would actually be pretty telling of like how how that AI was developed. Because even with uh, what we had seen with, uh, I think it is Exodus. Yeah, Exodus Red. Uh, he he it. I I refer to it as a he, but. Uh, the AI had a feeling of wanting to, uh, or, or like related his uh, crew members to seeds, and he was going to go ahead and like plant himself down into this different world and start to spread things out. That's not like a a typical computer thought to me. Like, there's definitely some some lining there that says that they're not unhinged, but they definitely have a a personality, which you know go figure with Bungie that they would give a machine some kind of personality, but there you go. Granted, I guess that also kind of falls back towards like frames because we know that uh, the frames that we have are that they also kind of fall in line with that same idea. Uh, A a fair majority of them are kind of like recovered tech, if I recall right from the Golden Age, and the ones that we have in the tower are given emotion or allowed to have different uh, emotion and personality. Meanwhile, the ones in the reef are actually have those circuits ripped out of them. Yeah, but uh, is it also possible that in this moment that we see the impact velocity card, in that moment, failsafe is just a a normal uh, failsafe AI? navigational AI for this vessel, and then once crash landed on Nessus, um, the informational VEX elements, you know, uh, kind of get in there and, you know, she gets so intermingled uh, that, you know, there there's an environment for for more of a personality to emerge. Like, well, I think... There's not that, a lot of personality comes, in that card. Well, that is, comes is back. Getting... Right. And that does come back to the, uh, to the quest that I want, that I was referring back to, which I guess green, if you have anything you want to add, if you were able to bring Can't that up, or look it, it over. On, or no, oh, it's not on there. I don't yeah, I would grab it either. Uh, shucks. Yeah. I would have to, to look back at the quest too, but that is, that is, I, I know for a fact that the crew member that is inside uh, the it is a female crew member, and she talks about uh, allowing the failsafe AI to do more than they originally prescribed it to mm-hmm. do. So I would say that in this moment, in impact velocity, absolutely just the AI until mm-hmm. the crew members decided to leave it go. If anything, it would come down to personality that is programmed into failsafe, uh, whatever that may have been beforehand. Well, I had an interesting conversation in chat regarding this very concept mm-hmm. where we talked about what if, because of that that adventure where they talk about releasing the, the fail-safe AI or the backup AI, what if fail-safe, the pr- fail-safe prime wasn't like broken necessarily or if she was she didn't necessarily go away and when they released the other one they just kind of merged on top of each other Mm -hmm. and you have the 
the original AI, which is kind of this disgruntled one now, versus the backup, which is more whole. So we're under the the preface, I guess, that they are actually two separate AIs, or are mm-hmm. we considering that they are a single AI where it formed a different type of consciousness? I would say where it just kind of merged on top of the other with the data set that was left from the original. Mm. So it would have the corruption of whatever this impact scenario created with the Vex tech and everything messing with her and not her not being able to com- compute anything going on, mm-hmm. messing up her systems. She can't function the way she's supposed to. So the, the crew lets loose the backup AI, which merges with the primary AI. It doesn't necessarily replace it because all that information is still there. Sure. It just brings it in together. And so you have these, this conflicting data sets, essentially one that is disgruntled and kind of jerky. Right. And says, I will kill you. And it's not murder if it's robots. Although that's in the nice voice. <clears throat> so, it is in the nice voice. It's very creepy. Yeah. Isn't it? See, that's what, that's what kind of makes me think that the, that it was like the fail safes on the AI to allow it to calculate further, mm-hmm. which for me, at least that does read uh, that it is a single AI just allowed to actually go into another set of protocols that were there for, it's kind of like the, the laws of robotics. If we really want to fall back on something that's uh, easy to reference, yeah, you, you can't, uh, a robot in Asimov's world would not be able to break those typical laws, but under certain circumstances, it has the availability that it can do so. Take away those uh, laws, now all of a sudden, what is it that's going to happen with those, uh, with that thought or that complex that, that exists? Mm-hmm. That's the, that's kind of the portion that I guess we're, we're stuck into, if you will, uh, with if failsafe is uh is one or if it is like two and one is otherwise talking to them there's another uh i have to see which card it is and maybe you guys remember off the top of your head but there's another one that actually talks about that's new uh failsafe new failsafe uh not new failsafe but it's a it's a new one from uh the nightfalls that actually goes into another portion of failsafe, not just impact velocity. I see. I cannot remember which one it was. While you're digging for that one, there is a voice line that she says, just idle dialogue, where she talks about her failsafe AI core protocol integrity. Yeah. She doesn't give a number because she's doing the status report, and I'm sure everyone's heard it. Uh, Status report, Exodus Black, superstructure integrity, 17%. Data store integrity, 38%. Power core integrity, 89%. Failsafe AI core protocol integrity. End status report. I mean, she says it so often that I nearly have it memorized as far as, like, the vocal inflection that she does. But we don't actually know if the core integrity is even still going to actually have anything there. Mm Mm-hmm. She might be utterly destroyed as far as the core. Right. 
Well, and she also goes into like further, uh, a, a little bit more of like a rare voice line, but you can start to tell that she's able to consider and thinking of, uh, think about things that she may not oh, have been. Oh, the father line. Uh, yeah, the father line. That's a good one. Um, I'll, I don't remember it off of my t- uh, the top of my head exactly. I have it recorded in several other places, but long story short, uh, Failsafe is actually contemplating her existence, and she actually falls back on the Traveler actually being the one that is her father. Yeah. So it actually, like, falls back on a couple different things to say, hey, guess what? This is uh, something I really should be considering. Here, I have it. Posit, artificial life exists because of the Traveler. Traveler is my father. And she goes, She there's a little bit in between there that I don't mm-hmm. have, but I've heard it multiple times. But like, yeah. yeah, that makes you, that makes me wonder a lot of things, especially with the Warmind getting ready to drop. Because mm-hmm. Rasputin is an AI. Well, further, it goes into that thought that I've had for a long time now, that AI in a lot of ways have been infused with light. Uh, and a lot of our technology that we've utilized, thanks to what uh, Jacob Hardy and uh, all of them have been actually working with, may have actually been completely connected to how you end up having uh, a lot of our tech from the Golden Age still work. It right. makes perfect sense. Rampant. Right. Yeah, it, to, to me, it makes perfect sense with the narrative that they're telling that everything is responsible in terms of light. Rasputin would have already had to have had that thought with how he was developing, which means that he either has another uh, parent relation to the Traveler as well, if Failsafe is coming to that uh, accord, or it gives you an idea how far in advance uh, Rasputin is in terms of its actual programming and its mindset uh, versus what Failsafe is, where she is just now thinking about that. If that puts it into any kind of perspective. I love this card that you pulled up. Yeah, I'm gonna say this is the this is the other one I was thinking of. So this one is hilarious. I don't I don't know if anybody would like to read it. Yeah, I haven't read it. I haven't read a grimoire card in a good long while. <laughs> Yourself a a fail safe. Get myself a little fail safe grimoire card. Um, so this is the trichromatica card which is a very cool-looking ghost. Um, Void, solar, then arc. Hmm. We're not naive enough to think the order is a coincidence, but we've got bigger things to worry about. Zavala. I'm not sure why my journaling subroutine has come back online. It's quite troubling. All of the things to freak out over, my diary is top of the list. The Red Legion's drilling has impacted my processing in some way. That shouldn't be possible. My concern is escalating. Calm down, me. There's always something I can do. But rewinding my own pathways isn't permitted in my original programming. Neither is whining. That was uncalled for. I'm refocusing on identifying the source of this change. No, I'm going to make one of those red losers regret coming to our little rock. (laughs) No, I'm analyzing the oscillating nature of the modular mind's shield to find weaknesses that can be applied to anti-cabal weaponry. Why am I doing that? Because I'm doing it. Not me. This is all very worrisome. Yeah, I should get an external diagnostic run by no one because (laughs) they're all dead. She's so creepy. Oh, so creepy. 
man. She's literally having a fight with herself. Which, granted, I can relate, but dang. Uh, almost rem- almost reminds me of a little bit more of a chipper. Uh, do you remember the AI from the first uh, <laughs> the first uh, Resident Evil movie? The little girl, the Red Queen. Yeah, I was losing it. It's like I'm sorry, I don't watch scary movies. Oh, that was that was from the uh, it was in the game too. Yeah, that was scarily bad, but yeah, it was. Well, did you see the uh, the whole line about rewriting her own pathways isn't permitted? Yes. Well, that makes that makes sense from an AI standpoint. Right, but with that being said. Something rewrote it for her to cause all the issues. If she was not allowed or, to do it herself. Or also, though, also, she seems very um, fragmented and she's splintering like a schizophrenic at this point. So, or at least that's what it seems like. So, it's very possible that uh, she could have done it and that other fragment of her is unaware of it. At least it seems one 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 voice doesn't seem to know exactly what the other's doing. Yeah, she has a she's she's portraying disassociative identity disorder in a way. Um, But the interesting thing there, too, is like I think kind of what Green's kind of talking about there is that if that's truly the case, if regardless of if an outside party is rewriting her core program or if she is somehow fragmenting herself around uh, security protocols because you know that's that's one thing that and, and Bungie does have a long standing tradition of doing AIs that kind of do the, the, the crazy thing um, but you know I mean that was something that even in original like the smart AIs in Halo they would have the ability to copy themselves to allow for uh, security manipulation of unknown origins uh, you saw that with Cortana actually in the, in uh, I think it was Halo 2 um, so this, the idea of a fragmenting or, you know, you, even outside of Bungie's history, you can see that in, uh, um, altered carbon with the double sleeve concept, you know, you create a copy of yourself to double the, the thought process, which is kind of what failsafe has done in general. Yeah. Um, I think they actually in fall of reach, don't they clone Cortana so that they can keep her on reach doing calculations and stuff and also put her in chief suit. Uh, they don't clone Cortana. That's uh, there. Um, well, they don't, there was, clone there was a, her. there was they, a dumb, there was a dumb AI that was there. Yeah. Well, they make a copy of her. Uh, pins is somewhere he'd know. Um, What's interesting is that she even mentions that the, the Red Legion's drilling, or at least she thinks it's the Red Legion's drilling, is impacting her processing. Mm-hmm. She thinks that's what it is, but and it she, shouldn't be possible. Which it well, shouldn't be. But it depends if this takes place after she's been integrated into the Vex network. Then her right. processing, her processor units are the can be technically blended with the Vex, which we know is all of the vegetation on the planet. So which they're drilling. They're before. drilling wood. Right, right, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is like that that would, you know, that would be a way in which their drilling would affect 
her processing because her processing is dependent on hardware, which also can explain why she's all having all of a sudden all these advanced thoughts is her processing. Her processor basically got a major upgrade by tapping into that VEX network. She can't access the hubs normally, though. True. It's just when we uh, inter- yeah. integrate her into that, what is it, hack the planet mission? Yeah. When we lock her away for a decade. Oh, God. She's so mad. It's okay. It's a- I love that quote. It's okay. I don't ever forget those who wronged me. I'm like, oh, Lord. She I'm threatens so- to kill him before she even goes in. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. She hates ghosts. Like, she, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's so funny because she, she drives a wedge between uh captain our guardian and ghost mm-hmm. it's like i love i love the quips we did it no you hid in his backpack mm-hmm. she um, okay confession she is my favorite new vendor she is hilarious and i like the snarkiness boop yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty good no, she tries um, to access the Vex network a couple of times afterwards, and she says it's not possible without detection. So. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the other thing is, I can just see also, you know, if they're drilling hits a ship of some kind is, you know, how, how ingrained is she in the hardware, you know, at this point and all that. How much has the Vex actually integrated her into the tra- since she's been there since the beginning right and i mean the thing that makes you worry there is how is she not aware of that or is she that's also concerning because you know glados was not enough of a warning (laughs) yeah for the record if failsafe says that cakes over that way i'm running the other way (laughs) i'm running the opposite way i've played this game before go go that way please lie down and while your party your party coordinator comes to collect you nope 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 if i do get a uh a companion cube i might not be so mad (gasps) could you can we get a companion cube skin for our ghost i know don't worry i've had that thought a few times oh I've also thought that my ghost needs to also look like pod zero four two or a one five three from near because <laughs> that also makes a lot of sense. But just think about that for a second. All of a sudden Failsafe looks at you and goes, You know, I got this thing that I need you to help me with. Could you go through this door? And then all of a sudden <laughs> she gives you a tractor cannon and allows you to start like blowing holes through certain things and it's like Do you see this Vex portal over here? You have to successfully go through it. And then there's another chamber and another chip. All of a sudden, we got Portal and Destiny, baby. The only thing that I would say as far as, like, the Vex being able to control her... I mean, she's crazy. Don't get me wrong. I could see her pulling a Gladys on us. But she doesn't know anything about Guardian. (laughs) Well, on Ghost, maybe not on us. (laughs) Well, she doesn't know anything about the last city either. Well, I don't think she the Vex does, would ever though. want to control. She does now. Now, not, they not would here, want of course, to, now, yeah. But she they would want before. to simulate her, not control her. I don't know. The Vex would want to use whatever assets they have. Well, it just... And yeah, yeah, eventually, but no not... She has no access to their information. Yeah. I'm still stuck on the fact that that we have a order. We have an order of the light. Mm-hmm. But you know, that ties into another theory. I mean, uh, 
Do you know that's? I would love to hear it because I have no idea where they're going with that. Oh, it's it's something from Eris. Eris explains that void and then solar and then arc back to void solar arc. It's a it's a circle. It's a cycle. Mm-hmm. It's the cycle of existence. But where's the beginning of a circle? There is no beginning. There is no beginning. Ah! Uh, Look, it's like the chicken and the egg. Okay, there you go. It's the it's the oh, unmo- yeah, every- it's the unmoved mover. It's what it is. Yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows. Here that we go. The, the first egg laid itself. <laughs> everyone knows that. Come on. So did the traveler lay itself? Yes. Hey oh. Yes. Hey yo. But then who sits on it? The darkness. <laughs> That's who. No, um, it's what's his name from uh, Eververse. Oh, Finchurch. 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 <laughs> yeah. But wait, there's more. Finchurch goes into the traveler. I know. That's this why. just became Ooh. really wrong. So, anyways, we got a dispatch. <laughs> uh huh. Dispatches received from the wilds. So Potato took a chance and, you know, he's like, hey, look, we got a new DLC. I want to start back up writing these awesome things that I used to write. And here is the one that he sent for failsafe. Radar contact confirm. Ship of unknown origin and design scan indicate non-organic crew. Not Vex lifeforms. Readings match exo units parameters. Oh my, what an interesting turn of events. Finally, it's going to end in disaster, but such joy to watch it unfold, activating local sensors and seismic monitors. Error, error, sensor platforms operating below optimal operational minimums. We crashed. No, duh. Kind of what happened when you fall out of space. A lot of broken attempting to contact vessel. (sighs) Connected. Greeting, Traveler. I am the backup artificial... Ugh, too much effort to say that. You can call me Failsa... Eh, warning. Approaching vessels, you are on a telemetry. That will result in an entry velocity too fast for proper landing. And, oh no, that's gonna hurt. Interesting. I love this stuff. <laughs> it's really... I didn't, re- I didn't read, like, the last part, like, the last pieces of it when I first mm-hmm. put it in there. And I was like, I started I started reading that, and I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yes, because you have to infer which voice. I know. Use. I was like, I'm like halfway through one part, and I'm like, oh, no, that was actually a different voice. <laughs> yeah, I like his stuff, though. I'm excited for to see what he comes up with for some of the next couple of topics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's potatoes doing some great stuff over there um so do you guys want to run through a bit of a shout out i know um justin has to take off for for an early morning so green would you karate green do you have any final thoughts or shout outs uh final thoughts are start looking over your lore guys for this new DLC, go back, go back to the beginning. They're pulling stuff from the very beginning. Yeah, they are. So mm-hmm. be don't just rely on D two stuff because they are using the grimoire. Which is 
which is a, a pain in the neck and also a really great thing it's because great. more more people that are in the game that are new that are still around need to go ahead and also reference this material and they need to know that it exists so that they have to understanding what's going on. Ah, Bungie, why you do this? Poor um, PC players. Oh, especially PC players. Um, well, it's a good thing that there's yeah. this podcast that covers that stuff, right? I'm going to say it's a good thing there's podcasts like this YouTube one and videos. like a channel or five that exists for it, a website. You that created has more channels? Database. Yeah, what? Oh, <laughs> all of the channels. All of your channels are mine. Yes, I needed to unhinge my fail safe there. Uh. <laughs> I mean, he could have a split personality for some of the comment responses that I see sometimes. <laughs> That's one of the personalities right there. <laughs> the two shout outs I have, one goes to Bungie. Uh, one, thank you for, you know, not showing us a ton of things at the Warmind reveal because yes. it shows it shows that you want us to kind of find a lot of stuff. Uh, second, it showcases the people that I actually have to pay attention to on YouTube that actually understand that not everything was shown. Mm -hmm. Uh, And three, it also allows me to sit back and go, there's mystery again, because that was the thing I didn't have with Curse of Osiris. And now I've got a lot more that I can sit back and start thinking about. Uh, The second one goes to uh, what Bife has actually been out uh, and taking care of, and that is St. Jude Plays, uh, and it is actually a, a whole thing where any uh, they, they pulled a bunch of uh, streamers, community members out to St. Jude uh, to basically say, hey, uh, we're going to go ahead and raise a bunch of money for St. Jude again, because that's basically what the Destiny community does, and it also gives you more of an idea of like what it is that uh, St. Jude itself does which was more the important stuff uh, to mm-hmm. actually see like firsthand what goes on with that, uh, with that hospital and others. Uh, so really cool to, to see that an event like that happened. Uh, and I'm very happy to have seen uh, what came of it. Uh, but anyway, that, that I think will, uh, will do it for me. So Justin, take it away. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, beard. Thank you, Beard. Brother Beard, everyone. Brother yeah. Beard. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Uh, Thank you very much. So it's it was great to be back, um, yes. first of all. It's great to be back. And it's also great to have me. I was a delight. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, a big shout out to um, Blues Brother Ben. Wow. I just said Blues Brothers. Um, no, uh, <laughs> Blues Brother <laughs> Ben for inviting me to his his wedding IRL which means in real life just in case you're acronymic acronymically challenged um but yeah yeah I got to hang out with Blue and his lovely wife Anna um last weekend so that was that was really cool and uh also see his his little brother um get married that was really cool also um spoiler alert blue danced what it was, for, it it was, was just for a split second it was mostly it was like a, it was mostly controlling a minion on the dance floor yeah 
Have, um, have you have you seen uh, have, have either of you ever been to Chuck E. Cheese? Um, <laughs> the, the that's what it was like. It was like it's a small world. That's what it was like. Okay, yeah, but, hold um, on. I try really hold hard. Up. Hold up for one second. Whenever you end up bringing up the concept of animatronics and Chuck E. Cheese, my mind instantly goes to Five Nights at Freddy's. I hope yes. you realize this. And now you're That's talking about like. small children, which is making this even worse if you understand the lore behind that. You're not making this a very comfortable conversation for me. Carry on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to have that outburst. No, I'm real sorry that the lore of small children bothers you. Beard. It wasn't like um, that. What is wrong with you? Um... No, but anyways, I was just gonna say it was it was it was cool. It was cool to get to see you guys and and uh, yeah, just that was awesome. Also, big shout out to Bungie for um, everyone else is you know excited about private matches and crucible mm-hmm. ranks mm-hmm. because they're sweaty tryhards. For I'm just <laughs> thankful. I'm just, for emotes. I, I'm just I'm just thankful for Anna Bay um, because. She, she bad. Oh God! Why are you if, doing this? If you ever, if you ever seen a pretty woman climb a glacier with a knife, um, it's amazing. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, also, I just wanted to take a quick moment and and kind of be semi serious. Um, and just this this isn't a shout out, but it's just kind of like a public service announcement. Um. We had a uh, we had a shooting um, in DFW area at a Home Depot. Um, we had an active shooter. He actually ended up killing a police officer, wounding some other people, and going on a really long um, high speed chase. And um, I guess my my whole point that I was going to get to um, is when you're out and about in public. Uh, I see a lot of people with headphones in and looking at their phones, not aware of their surroundings at all. You would think you'd be safe at a Home Depot in broad daylight, but everyone be careful because it's the wild, wild west out there. So anyways, that's my little soapbox. And uh, and also thoughts and prayers with the wounded and the and the fallen officer for sure. Definitely. Just kind of uh, let the air out of the room, but yeah, no, no, you're um another really big shout out like we like I had at the beginning of the episode for uh Nerd and Needle. Um we are actually going to probably be getting those put up on the website and I will be putting links in the Discord when we get stuff figured out for those patches. Um I'll also be putting pictures up for them for you guys to see. Um other than that, yeah, I think it has been kind of unofficially decided by the group here. And like I said, if I don't get in trouble over on Twitter or in discord, I think next week we are going to be taking a break from the normal, the normal schedule and doing a war mind episode to discuss that. Um, but keep an eye out in the discord server if you're over there or over on Twitter and we will get that confirmed and, you know, push out the question uh, in a more clean format as promised uh, by what? green. Um, but yeah, so definitely, definitely keep an eye out for that. And as always, we, you know, we, we took last week off, uh, it just kind of, it actually helps us a little bit because even though we were super busy, um, 
it kind of helps us refresh and come back with a little bit more energy. Um, but yeah, we, at the same time, we still really missed it. So hope you guys are having a great weekend and we will see you next week. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or comments for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing podcast partners within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.